The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. You see, there's a wonderful, wonderful therapist, if you need one. His name is David Pelkowitz. He's a wonderful person, psychologist, a therapist, wonderful person. And he works, God bless you, and he works with a lot of cancer patients, and he goes to Camp High Lifeline, and he told us once, he was at place where I was speaking, and he told the story, I was one of the other speakers, that he was once at a convention, and somebody got up and told this story. Now, what happened was like this. You see, Camp High Lifeline is for those children that are really very sick, and they have the camp throughout the summer. The first half of the summer is for boys, and they have male counselors, and the second half is for girl counsel- is for girls, and they have the girl counselors. So one particular summer, a couple of years ago, after the summer, the staff got together, and they were talking about how the summer went. And the staff said, you know, remember in the first half of the summer, we had this young guy from Australia, such a nice guy, and he took care of the kids. He was a tzaddik, but he had cancer, and he was in remission now, so he was okay. And in the second half of the summer, we had a young woman that was his age, also about 22. She was also a great counselor. She also had cancer at one point, but she was in remission. How about, let's read a shidduch, these two together. And the other guys in the office said, what are you, crazy? These two kids, they were so sick. You're going to read a shidduch between two kids that were so sick? And the other people said, mind your own business. They're young people, intelligent people. They're both in remission. And if they want to go out, let them go out. And who knows what will happen? So they decided they're going to call the young man. They called the young woman. And they read the shidduch. And they got engaged. Mazel tov. Anyhow, they got engaged, and they set a date for the wedding. Now, this guy, the chassan, he said to his kala, he said, you know, I'm from Australia, and I got to go to Australia before the wedding. I got to finish up a couple things. I'm going to be there for a couple days. And she said, okay, I understand. And then when you come back, you know, a couple weeks after that, you know, we're going to get married. And they set a date. So they go out Monday night, and she looks great, and they have a great time. And on Tuesday, he gets on a plane. Now, I don't know if you ever traveled to Australia. I've traveled a couple times. It is a long, brutal trip. First of all, you lose a day. Now, the thing is, you go to Los Angeles, so that's six hours there. Six hours till you get to L.A. And then from L.A., you got to get to Melbourne. That's another 13 hours. That's a long, long trip. Anyhow, this guy gets on the plane. Now he's on the second leg of the trip from Los Angeles to Melbourne. And suddenly, without him realizing it, his collar... His bride suddenly takes a turn for the worse. He saw her Monday night. She looked great. But something happened on Tuesday while he was on the plane. And she was rushed to the hospital and they thought she was dying. Either the cancer came. Nobody knew exactly because it happened so suddenly. And now they got to get this kid back. How are they going to get him back? He's on a plane. And he's on a plane to Australia. So they called the travel agent. And they called the travel agent and they said, listen, you've got to get to the pilot somehow. You've got to tell him that there's a young man on the plane. He's got to get back to New York right away. Well, somehow they were able to get to the pilot. And the pilot himself was frightened. He never had such a call. And now he's got to go tell this young man who has no idea what's going on that he's got to get back. So the first what they do is they call ahead in Melbourne and they call security and they tell him, listen, when this kid gets off, we got to get him a plane back, and they found out there's another plane going back to Los Angeles three hours after they land. So they're going to get the luggage off quickly, and they're going to expedite his passport and his security. And then the pilot goes over with a steward 
and they sit down next to this kid. He doesn't understand what's going on. Pilot's on one side, the steward. He says, gentlemen, is everything okay? And the pilot says, young man, we're so sorry to tell you, but your bride just suddenly took a turn for the worse, and she was rushed to the hospital. You got to get back to New York right away. We already spoke to security. They're going to take care of your passport. We're going to get your luggage off the plane right away. And in three hours after you land, you got to get back on the plane to L.A., and then you're going to get to New York. Well, this guy's going crazy. He couldn't imagine this. And, of course, he's crying. He's confused. He doesn't know what to do. Finally gets off the plane. Of course, there's three cops waiting for him. And they take him through security, and they take him to that gate where he's going to be. And while he's waiting for the plane, and he's got his passport, and he's got his luggage, he calls his Rebbe in New York. And he says to his Rebbe, Rebbe, I just heard terrible news, but I want to marry her. I want you to meet me in the hospital. I don't care what condition she says. I want to get married to her. And the Rebbe says, listen, I'll meet you in the hospital, but I cannot promise you that I will marry you to her. Because you can only marry someone that's cognizant, that's aware. If she's out of it and she's not aware, I can't, I can't let you marry her. He says, Rebbe, I'm begging you. He says, listen, I want to do it for you. I'll be there. I'll be at the airport. I'll wait for you. And he gets back to L.A., he calls his Rebbe, he calls his parents, and they all tell him they're going to wait for him at the airport. And he comes to New York, exhausted beyond belief. And they rush him to the hospital. And he comes into the hospital room, and he takes a look at his colleague. Can't believe it. He can't oh, recognize her. She's so pale and she's so frail. And he turns to his Rebbe. He says, Rebbe, what do you say? I really want to talk to her. I really want to get married. And the Rebbe says, go out of the room. Let me talk to her myself. And if I see that she's aware of what's going on, we'll do the wedding right here. But if she's not aware of what's going on, then we can't, I can't marry her to you. And he goes out, he comes back a few minutes later. And the Rebbe says, my dear Talmud, I wish I could tell you that we could, but we can't. She's just not aware of everything that's going on. She's in and out of consciousness. He said, did you daven yet? He said, no. He said, go in the other room and daven. Just cry to Hashem. Tefillah helps. And the guy goes into the other room and he starts praying. Now, you will never, ever say these words the exact same way again after you hear what he said. He's praying, and of course, he's crying throughout the whole davening, and he's davening Shimon Esrei. And it comes to Rafaino Hashem, please help, help us. And he's crying, and he mentions her name and her mother's name. And he comes to Shmakaleno, and of course, he's a lot of ad words, and again, he's praying for her. And finally, he comes to Sim Shalom. Listen how he said it. Sim Shalom. And then he says these words. Hashem, with the light of your face. Now, it's not the one you gave us. And he says, Hashem, you got so much light in your face. Take the light of your face and give it to my car. Give it to my bride. She's so pale. Take the light of your face, the shine of your face, and give some to my car. I want to marry her. I want to live with her. I want to build a family. And he's crying and he says again, Hashem, you got so much light in your face. And then he finishes davening. And when he finishes davening, he comes into the room. He takes a look. He can't believe it. Her face is red. She's changed. She's got some color in her face. And she's smiling at him. And he, st- he starts talking to her. And as he was telling the story, Dr. Pelkowitz said he's telling this story at a convention. And he wants to continue telling the story. And all of a sudden, two little kids come jumping up on the stage. Because they heard the story 20 times. And they say, Daddy, Daddy, pick us up. And he picks up the boys. And he says, Rabotai, these are my children. She came back all the way. We were able to get married. We're building a family together. And that's what prayer is all about. That's how you get your tefillahs answered.
when you cry and you understand the meaning of the words, even if it's not the regular meaning of the words, but you realize that Hashem is there listening. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.